Good morning, guys. Hey, uh, down here in my mom and dad's shop. I'm going to do a sermon from here this morning. Uh, what a unique opportunity we have uh, to gather uh, virtually uh, all across the country, around the world. Uh, God calls us to unite in spirit. Uh, he also calls us together physically. Right now, that's not possible. Um, so here we are, uniting in spirit. Let us start off with a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, God, we are so thankful, Lord, that you've given us the opportunity, Lord, the spirit that flows through us. God, that you could bond us together without even being in contact with one another. God, that's something only that you can do. God, and I am truly thankful for this day. God, today is the day that your Son, our Savior, was pulled out of that grave, Lord. That he was brought to you to reign forever. God, we are so thankful for this day. God, we're thankful for the opportunity to receive a Savior. God, that you would send him, that you loved us enough, Lord, to, to pave a way, Lord, that we could have a direct contact with you. God, I pray that you be with each one that's gathered this morning, Lord, that's listening. Lord, I pray even though we're not together physically, Lord, that you would bind us spiritually. Lord, that you would write on our hearts the things that you would have us remember, God, the things that you would have us learn, God, to recall later, Lord, to, to put into practical use. God, what an opportunity we have this morning. And I am truly thankful. God, I pray that you be with each and every person of my congregation. Um, Lord, that you would put a hedge of protection around them. Lord, that you would guide them, direct them. Lord, put a burning inside of them that wouldn't be quenched by worldly waters. Lord, that the fire inside of them would grow. And that we could come back. When we get to gather back, Lord, into your house, God, that it would be stronger than ever. Lord, that a desire would be inside of each and every person that would enter the doors. Lord, that the Holy Spirit would break free, Lord, and, and just travel wildly, Lord, and, and have a revelation. God, have a revival, a renewing of the Spirit, God. I am so thankful for your presence this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, guys, happy Easter. Um, it's, it's really awesome to be able to do this. Roger uh, has given the message this morning. Um, what a wonderful man. Uh, he's got a heart that is on fire for God. Um, all the families that sent videos. Um, the families that didn't, guys, thank you. Um, truly blessed to be a part of a church body that loves God so much that um, is not only seeking it uh, when the doors are open, but when the doors are closed. Because that's when we find out who we really are. Um, that's when we find out the true meaning of our relationship with the Lord. That's when we figure out who we are in Christ. Um, and where our spirit falls. I'm going to be reading out of Matthew this morning. And I'm going to do part of the um, story of the crucifixion. Uh, but more or less, I'm going, to, I'm going to start out in Matthew 27, verse 57. And that's going to be uh, where they laid Jesus in the sepulcher after he'd already been crucified and, and brought down off the cross. You guys go back and read this story. Don't take my word for it. Uh, read this story, write it on your hearts, never forget what Christ did for us as he suffered that day. Uh, God, I just, 
I pray that we would never forget the sacrifice that He made for us. Uh, it's called Good Friday because it was the start of some great things. And uh, it's, it's, it's a change that took place. And I'm going to talk about that today as I titled Today uh, Back to Normal. I hope not. Uh, we've got an opportunity here. And I'm going to get into that here in a little bit. But I'm going to start right now. I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 27, starting in verse 57. It says, When the evening was come, and there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple, he went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Remember, he's already been crucified at this point and was hanging on the cross. And then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. Sorry, it's raining if you can't hear that. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and he laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock, and he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulchre and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulchre. This was the day that he was crucified. In 62, it starts on the second day. It says, Now the next day that followed... The day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees came together into Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that deceiver, while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. That's what Jesus said. This, these people that were against him remembered what he said more so than his own disciples. Um, everybody was looking for Jesus in the tomb, and these guys, the ones that opposed him, remembered what he said. Jesus' own followers didn't even remember what he said. But these guys said, Remember, he said, After three days, I will rise again. In verse 64, it said, Command, therefore, that the sepulchre be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. And Pilate said unto them, You have a watch. Go your way. Make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulchre sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Guys, they wanted to make sure that the disciples didn't come take the body so that they could have a, a false proclaim that he was risen. I want you to notice something. Matthew is the only book that talks about the second day. On the first day, Jesus was crucified and hung on a cross. And on the third day, Christ was risen out of the grave. But the second day... Guys, where it seems like God's not doing anything, when it seems like God is vacant in your life, He's doing a thing. He's doing something. Whenever you feel lost, God is doing something. Whenever you feel down, God is doing something. Whenever stuff just doesn't seem like it's going right, God is doing something. We have to remember this. God says He is with us all the time through the Spirit. Jesus left so He could give us the Spirit, guys. God is always working everything to our good. Every day, all day. It doesn't matter if things are going good or things are going bad. God is working for us. The second day when nothing was happening, God was working. God was working out a plan that would be all sufficient, that would be all sacrificial, that would change the history of the world forever. Not the past, not the present, and not just the future, but all combined. God was doing a work the second day. When you feel like He is not there, I can promise you that He is there. When you feel like there is no end in sight, 
God is there. When you feel like it's a hill too big to climb, God is there and God is doing a work and God loves you and God walks with you and God continues to take all these bad things and make them good. Guys, the world is after us. The world is after to break us, to beat us down, to get us to submit to it. But we are called not to be transformed to this world, but not conformed, but transformed out of this world, guys. We're not supposed to conform to it. We're supposed to be transformed out of it. Yes, we live in it, but we don't have to walk of it, guys. We walk to a different step. This weekend is the different step that we walk to. But I rest assured, even on the second day, when it looks like God is not doing something, God is doing a work so great that it would change the world forever, guys. It's the second day. He's changing the world forever. And we're going to go to that. So now we're in Matthew chapter 28. It says, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great, great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning. And his raiment was white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and become as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here. For he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord has laid. Guys, I like what it says here. It's exciting, but I like what Luke says in Luke chapter 24 and verse 5 at this exact point, Luke says, Why seek ye the living among the dead? Guys, if we keep seeking after worldly things, if we keep seeking after the things, they're not eternal. If we keep seeking after the dead among the living, we're going to keep finding the dead. We're going to keep putting our treasures up in the dead. We're going to keep putting our stock up in the dead. We have to start looking for the living because there is no dead in Christ. He is alive and active today, even when you don't see him, like on the second day, he is doing a work and he is making sure that his children are taken care of. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be good and rosy and perfect, but it means that we have a God as we're laying there suffering like Job did, that God is with us and he is doing something. He is never inactive, guys. He is always always, always doing something, and it's for our good, the, the children that love them, his children that do his will, he always makes everything for our good. Look what he did. His own son was crucified. His own son was crucified, and he took death, and he overcame it for us through his son. Jesus bore our sins all the way to the cross. He took him all the way to the cross and overcame death for us. It was his sacrifice. He didn't get in that dark time in his life and he didn't get in that valley and he didn't get in that rut and say, this is too hard. I can't keep doing it. He said, God, let it be your will, not my own. If this cup can pass, that would be great. But God, not me, you. God, I want to do what you would have for me. I don't want to do what I want to do because what I want to do is weaker than the things that you would have. Guys, if you're going through a dark valley, if it seems like an uphill battle, I can assure you that it probably is. 
But think about this last week as we talked about Palm Sunday as Jesus was entering back into the town where he was known to going to be crucified. He entered that town willingly. He didn't grumble about it. He didn't take the week off. He continued teaching. He continued preaching. He continued healing, even though he knew that he was about to die. Because it wasn't his will, it was his father's will. Guys, even if we know bad things are coming, it's no time to grumble. It's no time to gripe and moan. It's time to dig in and learn and see what God has for us so that we can start seeking the things that God would have us do, the person that God would have us be, and put out everything else. Put away all these worldly things, all these temporal things, all this death. The world brings death. That's the only thing that the world is ever going to bring you is death. But God can bring you peace and love and joy. That's why you put your stock in him and not in the world because the world is going to condemn you. The world is going to crucify you. Why? Because it says if the world hated me, then they will also hate you. If you're following after the world, they're going to love you. If you're following after Christ, they're going to hate you because you stand for something pure. You stand for the living. You stand for life everlasting. You stand for joy and you stand for peace. And everything that comes in the world is trying to tear that down. That's why Christ had to go to the cross for us. Because the world brings you death. But God brought you life through his son. Guys, that is something to get excited about. I get excited about every time I read this story. And I've read it a bunch of times, and I read all accounts um, this week as I was studying. And, and Luke says, why seek you the dead among the living? Why are you looking for a dead person when you should be looking for a living Savior? Because he told you that on the third day that he was going to rise, he told you that he stood for life, and he spoke life into you, and he came to prove it. Guys, God speaks life. He doesn't speak anything about death. God is all love. God is all good, and there is no bad in him. There is no bad in him. He seeks to give you life everlasting, and that's what he did through his son Christ on the cross. So I love the question that the angel says, why seek you the dead among the living? Guys, why are we looking for earthly things day in and day out when those things are only going to bring death to us? We need to be seeking the cross. We need to be seeking Jesus Christ. We need to be seeking after God's word because that brings life everlasting. Life everlasting. There's nothing better. When you stand before a company that doesn't believe in Christ crucified and they ask, why do you have this hope? You can say, I have hope in a Savior that died for me on the cross to give me life everlasting. A God sent his son to be crucified to overcome the world so that I wouldn't have to be stuck here and death my only departure. But instead, we shake off this physical body. We let it turn to dust as dust we came from. And our souls live on forever in the glory of the King. Where he says, I go before you to build many mansions. That you can come live with me. That you can serve me and sing praises to me. And just love me all day long. Guys, I get excited about what God is doing. And I believe that God is doing a new thing today. 
I'm going to go back to verse 7. And it says, And go quickly and tell his disciples. We're talking about the angels here. And go tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and what? Great joy. The great joy that comes from God. Joy is not earthly. Happiness is earthly. Joy comes from God. And did not run to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, all hail. And they came and held him by his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said unto them, be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while he slept. And if this come to the governor's ear, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Guys, just like the world, they try to buy us off of things. They try to, how often has Satan tempted you with something that looked so good just to keep your mouth shut? When In the book of Acts, it talks that Peter and, and John, I believe, they get arrested and they say, just stop talking about Jesus. Like you can go, just stop talking about Jesus. We'll let you go. You just have to promise to stop talking. They're like, we can't do that. You can keep us bottled up here forever, but we can't stop talking about a resurrected Savior because that's what our purpose is. When we talk about that purpose, when we talk about telling people about the love of God and the fact that he sent his son to die on a cross for our sins, it starts in Matthew 28, starting in 16. It says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain, where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I want to talk about the difference. I want to talk about the difference of the things that are happening today and how they correlate with the things that happened on the cross. Guys, we're living in a time right now that there is a great revival coming, I believe. We are doing things different. God made an impact this day. He crucified his son on a cross to be resurrected, to change the world forever. If you look in the book of Acts, when they start receiving the Holy Spirit, we're talking about thousands upon thousands receiving Christ as Savior in a day. In a day. We're talking about thousands of people coming to Christ in a day. This radical change that happened. So you got Christ crucified on Good Friday. The second day where it looks like God is not doing anything. God is creating the biggest work that's going to change the world forever. He's going to overcome death the next day. Guys, those valleys, those dark times, those addictions, those battles, we have to fight them. But we can fight them 
with the love, peace, humility, and meekness that God gives us because we know the war is won. It's just a battle that we can win and we will overcome. Why? Because God calls us overcomers. He calls us more than conquerors. He calls us out of that grave. Just like he called his son Christ out of that grave, that is not the end for us. That is not the end for us. And I want to talk about him bringing his son and doing a a new thing in the land where Jesus was the ultimate and final sacrifice that would suffice once and for all. Jesus is enough, guys. Jesus is enough. You will never, ever be enough on your own. Luckily, we have a risen Savior that sits on the right hand of the Father today. But today, God is doing a new work. Today, God is doing a work in the world. If you can look out and you've been watching anything in the news, which I really don't watch, but guys, it's changing. I can tell you in my place of business, it's changing. I can see communities changing. I can see schools changing. And I can't help but think that God is doing a work today that is going to change the world forever. Over the last three weeks, our world has been turned upside down. But it's been so good and I look for what God has for us in it because I know that God has something for us. He has allowed me to spend more time with my family than ever, not to be entertained by ball games and and special events and things of that nature, but to truly enjoy my family and to love on my family and that we can get to know one another, that I can spend precious time in God's word, seeking his face, praying and desiring him. He is bringing his children to their knees. I believe that God is doing a work where you think you can't see him, where you see a sick-ridden, diseased country or world. God is doing a work. He has not forgotten us. He has not forsaken us. God is doing a work right now, and I'm excited to see what God has for us out of the end of this. Yes, I hate it for the ones that are losing their lives. And I pray hard for the sick. But guys, death is not the worst thing that can happen to us as children of the king. This is not a time for cheer or fear. This is not a time for fear, but it's a time for rejoicing. It's a time for celebration because I believe that God is going to work this for the better. And that outcome is going to be far greater than anything we ever could imagine while we're walking through this. I believe it, guys. I believe that today we are in the second day where it's hard to see God and all this chaos and all this mess, but I believe that God is here and I believe that God is doing a work today and we're waiting on the third day to get here where we can see what the plan of God is. See, I get excited because I don't have to know what God is doing. I just have to know who he is. Child, children of the king, brothers and sisters of mine, we don't have to know what God is doing. Amen. We don't have to know what he's doing because we know who God is. We know what God does. He is so good to us when he doesn't have to be, guys. You don't have to know what he's doing. Stop trying to understand everything and just know who God is. 
It's like my best friend. If he comes and asks me to borrow my truck, I don't need to ask him what he's doing because I know who he is and I know that my truck is going to be fine. That's my God. I don't have to understand what he's doing to know that it's going to be good because I know who God is. If you don't take this time, I've heard of several, several people like, man, I didn't have anything else to do. So I picked up my Bible and I read it for the first time in years. That's the things that God is doing. That's what gets me excited. He is building bonds outside of the church, guys, that we can never imagine. We take gathering together physically for granted. And He's showing us how spoiled we are. How fragile our so-called economic stronghold is. How this powerful country can be brought to its knees in an instant. And He's showing us how to do a work through the spirit and not the physical. Well, here we are, guys. We're gathered together in the spiritual. And I love you guys through the spirit of God. And we are saved by faith in the spirit of God. I can assure you, if you're just looking for the things that you can see, you're missing out on all the things that you can't see. Because see, it says the just walk by faith, not by sight. So if you're basing everything you know on the things that you can see, then you're missing out on a whole world of things that you can't see. Because see, God works in a spiritual realm. He works in a physical realm as well, but He works in a spiritual realm. And we have to start working in a spiritual realm, guys. His children are being called to a spiritual realm. Lift yourself out of this world. Stop basing factual knowledge on everything that you can see and start putting your faith in God. See, it's that easy, guys. When everything else gets taken away from you, you've got one place to fall, and that's back to God. And I believe that on this day, the day of a resurrected Savior where the world changed forever, we're experiencing one of those things again. Where God is calling His children back home. Guys, it's just like getting crossing over the Jordan into the land of milk and honey. Why would you ever want to go back? That's why I titled this sermon, Back to Normal, I Hope Not. What we were doing wasn't working. So we have to change what we're doing and how we're approaching it. If you didn't have a fire for God before, I hope you do now. And I hope you don't want to go back to normal. Why cross over the Jordan just to go back to the wilderness? It doesn't make sense, guys. We have a resurrected Savior. Why wish to go back to a time before He was here? And so when we know who God is, and we know that God works everything for our good, we know, as bad as this seems, that God is doing a work, and He's taking this bad, and He is making it so good. So I hope, I hope, I hope, and I've been guilty of saying this, I just want to get back to normal, but as God was showing me this message this morning, I hope that I never go back to what I used to call normal. Guys, I am fired up for God right now, and I am fired up about His Word and the things that He's showing us and the things He's doing in my family, at my workplace, in my community, the school. Guys, there's all kinds of godly things going on right now. I hope we never, ever go back to normal. I hate the virus. I hate the sickness, but I don't want to go back to where we came from. I don't want to cross back over the Jordan to leave the land of milk and honey to go back to the wilderness. I don't want to rebury Christ 
Christ as a resurrected Savior and put him back in the ground so that we can go backwards in time and live like we did before Christ was crucified. It doesn't make sense. These changes are good changes. But the things that they had to experience 40 years in the wilderness to get to experience the land of milk and honey, the promised land for God's children. He promised them a Savior. He promised us a Savior. Our Savior has came and fulfilled the prophecies and risen and sits on the right hand of the Father right now, guys. These are the promises that God has fulfilled and He is fulfilling promises as we speak. And we know that on the other side of this hump, on the other side of this disease, there stands a promised land. There stands good things for us. Don't wish to go back to the way it was because the way it was wasn't working. Let's be honest. Let's be honest with ourselves and and throw off all bars here today and say that we had problems with going to church because so-and-so went to church or, or they wore this or can you believe that they said that or I just don't feel like it today. It's not worth me getting up and getting dressed or it takes so much time out of my day to go to church or I never really liked that person anyway. Now that all is gone, do you still have a relationship with God? Has your relationship grown now that you've been out of the church? What are you doing in your now so proclaimed spare time? Have you cast gone aside and and your spiritualness has got weaker? Or have you dug in in a time of need and necessity and found God for the first time in years? Guys, I hope... I hope that you're digging in right now. I've talked to my deacons and several members of the church, and I I pray for you guys daily. I pray that you guys are digging in harder now than ever, that you're not just taking this time to rest, that you're not Jesus' disciples sitting at the garden gate. When Jesus asked for them to pray for him, he came back and he found them sleeping. If Jesus came back, is he going to find you alive and working, or is he going to find you nodding off and sleeping? Guys, I don't know when he's coming back, but I get excited because I know we're getting closer. And I know everything that happens, happens for the good of those that love him. Because I know God. I don't have to know what he's doing. I don't have to understand COVID-19. And I don't have to understand why all these people are dying. And I don't have to understand why he's breaking a nation. All I have to know is God. And when I know God is good, then I know that he is working this for good. He's working this for good. Why do we want to send the Holy Spirit back up to heaven after Christ was crucified? Why would we want to travel back to the normal time that we're calling normal? Let's take this. Let's see what God is going to do with it. And let's run with it. Let's get stronger in the word. We should come back to church and we should know more scripture than we've ever known. We should be able to pray harder than we've ever prayed. And I hope that people come back with the spirit-filled fire of God. That they come seeking him so hard. When we start talking about scripture and we start talking and praising and singing. That people are not left in their seats. That they're standing hands praised in the air that we can unify in the spirit not only but now we're in the physical together what a time that will be i pray that revival breaks out across this land man i am excited guys god is doing a work right now if you don't believe it just look around we've got a small small town in the church of gainesville 
small church in the town of Gainesville, guys, but we're having more people view our videos now than we ever have. We're reaching more people than we ever have. Why? Because God broke us out of our comfort zone. He took us out of our shelter, our house, our, our place of comfort, and we're doing a new thing. Guys, I've never, ever done a Facebook Live, but the first one I did had over 500 views. Guys, that's not me, that's God. That is the Spirit of God getting us out of our comfort zone. I'm standing in a shop filming a sermon. Guys, I've never done this, but we can no longer be defined by who we are, who we were, but we have to look to who God wants us to be, and He's giving us opportunity to change and break out of the old mold. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Know that God is good, and that's all that you need to know. You know that God is good. You don't have to understand what he's doing. Don't put your faith in the things that you can see. Put your faith in the things that are unseen. God is so good, and he's doing a good thing right now, and I'm excited. And I hope you're excited, guys. If you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, and you don't know what this holiday is all about, I want to tell you. I want to tell you that God sent his only son so that he could experience every sin that we're going to experience here on earth so that he could walk the walk by the world. He was crucified on a cross and with his shed blood, he covered all of our sins, everything in the past, everything to come. And he was buried that day. And then on the third day, God called him out of that grave. Amen. God called him out of the grave and brought him back to life. Why? So that death wouldn't be the end for the rest of us. That God could spend eternity with all of his children. See, once you accept Christ as Savior, you're born and adopted and grafted into a family that's covered by Jesus' blood. See, we all share this blood of Christ. We're all protected by it. He's an intercessor for us because we'll all face a judgment day. We'll all face a judgment day. And if you don't have Christ as your mediator, it's not going to be good. He said they'll be weeping and gnashing at the teeth as they're cast into outer darkness. There's one of two places you're going to go. You're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. And I can tell you that the Bible says the only way to the Father is through the Son. That's why we celebrate this weekend because God overcame death through his son, Jesus Christ, when he brought him out of that tomb. Don't be scared of what's going on today, guys. Don't be scared of what's going on today because you know God. And if you don't know God, get to know God because God is good and God is love. And he's going to pull his children through this mess and we're going to be better than what we were. He gave us a command. He said, go tell the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's our mission. When was the fastest spread of Christianity ever in the history of the world? When they started crucifying people and the disciples had to spread and go out. They had to get out of their comfort zone. They had to leave the places that they normally dwelt and they spread among the nations. And that was the most rampant expansion of Christianity in the history of the world is when they were forced out. Guys, we're being 
forced out right now. What an awesome, awesome opportunity to reach those that haven't been reached. If you have questions, call me. If you have questions, call the church. If you have questions, call your friend, call your mentor. Find somebody, a child of the king, and ask them these questions about how you can get to know a savior that I'm talking about today. Guys, this is a, God is doing a thing. This is day two. He's doing a thing. You might not be able to see him right now, but I hope you're digging into what he has for you because it's about to break loose and I'm excited of what he's got waiting for us. I'm excited because I know him. I don't know what's going on. I don't have to know what's going on, but I know my God. And I know that he's got everything planned for my good. Guys, he's got more to offer than this world ever can. Everything in this world is temporary. But everything that he has pertains to life and life everlasting. Guys, I love you. I miss you. Let's dismiss in a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, God, we are so thankful for this opportunity, Lord. What a day it has been, Lord, to remember your son as he was resurrected, pulled out of the grave, Lord, that you called him by name as you call us by name. God, that we get pulled out of that grave when we're buried in the likeliness and through baptism, Lord, and raised a new creation in you. God, I pray that for the people that don't know him today, God, that they would start asking questions that you would put a burden on their heart. God, I pray that you would put a burden on the hearts of those that are drifting away, a new fire kindled. God, and I pray that the fire would burn hotter for those that are seeking you diligently right now, God, that they would dig deeper, Lord, that they would be stirred by your spirit, God, that when we come back, revival would break out across this country, Lord, that we would be a country turned back towards you. God, I pray that you be with families today as we gather or don't gather, Lord, but our family in you, covered by your son's blood, Lord, I pray for all my brothers and sisters out there. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Guys, love you. Have a good Easter.